I'm trying. I'm, I'm gonna try to rescue the show before uh, before I give up on it. <laughs> Are we allowed to start over? Yeah, the, I think the rest of the sentence was, "It's we've been doing this six months, and I'm pretty done with it." <laughs> Hello, this is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 28, recorded Thursday, September 15th, 2016. In this episode of PHP Ugly, John rejoins Thomas and myself on the Ugly crew to talk about the San Diego PHP user group and San Diego Laravel user group meetups. Laravel Spark reaches version 2, some new GitHub tools in the GitHub universe, Laravel Shift it's a thousand applications upgraded, and we talk about a rather scary blog post titled someone is learning to take down the internet so let's get started hey eric how's it going hey john what's going on hey welcome guys. back took a week it's off me, tom thomas is still <laughs> oh, here crap who let him in jeez i let myself in damn it <laughs> i guess we should a... we should stop posting that url <laughs> i know he always seems to find us how's everybody doing pretty good we talked about you a little bit last week, Mr. Congdon. You did. Well, I say that like I don't know, but I listened, so, so I do know. <laughs> <laughs> talked about uh, you, you getting published in PHP Art yet again. Yeah. How, how many articles is that for you? I think third, or is it only second? I, I thought, uh, see, I thought it was your fourth. No, I thought you had done fourth. three before. No. So I, I thought that third. was six. <laughs> I thought it was a baker's dozen. I'm pretty sure you did. God, I'm glad we got that one out the way. Right, get it out, get it out early. Uh, I mean, let's let's just purge ourselves of that. Too. Speaking of, of Baker dozens, you know what I didn't realize that. So we're currently recording episode 28. So yes. you know what that means, right? If you think about it, it's a Baker's dozen of dozens. Fucking look, drop the dozen joke already. No. There's 52 weeks in a year. Am I correct in that? Um, no. Yes, yeah. I'm correct in that. There's 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. I just assume you are. Oh my god. I was assuming you were. I should have. So that's how I was I should have warned you guys there was going to be a test today, I guess. No, there's 52 weeks in a year. That means 26 was half a year. So we've been doing this podcast for over six months. For a year dozen? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm stopping the stream. Note to the editor, keep that awkward silence. <laughs> this, this this show's going nowhere. It's going nowhere fast. We've been doing this for six months straight. We haven't missed a week. That's pretty great. And our numbers are reflecting it, too. We're looking at uh, some pretty good download levels. I don't know what that number would be. Four. No, 160 <laughs> on some of our episodes. Those must be the ones I took my shirt off on. I think you'll I think you'll find that it's inversely proportional. <laughs> so what what have you knuckleheads been up to? I'm trying I'm, I'm going to try to rescue the show before uh before I give up on it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to start over? <laughs> yeah, the, I think the rest of the sentence was it's we've been doing this 6 months and I'm pretty done with it. <laughs> iPhone 7, huh? Am I right? Who's excited? iPhone 7. Not me. Oh, wow. Not it. I'm super excited because exactly what I thought was going to happen happened, which is which was nothing. <laughs> people who don't understand video games and technology 
are investing in things about video games and technology. <laughs> so the big news for me was like they announced a Mario game for the iPhone. Nintendo's officially developing a runner-style game using the Mario license just for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And if if you play video games and like the character Mario, you know how little that actually means. Like, it's totally not news. They spent 45 minutes on it at this announcement, and stock prices shot through the roof on the news. I don't which get it. baffled me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like how much time they spent talking about Pokemon Go, too. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, you can catch Pokemon on your watch now. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go sp- buy a $500 watch now because I can catch Pokemon. I don't know. That, yeah. that company really needs to get back on track. And, I mean, get, give us a hardware refresh of some of your laptops, for Pete's sake. I mean, they're just they're just recycling old stuff. It's it's brutal to watch yeah it's it's like they're trying to tell us how important steve jobs really was to the company yeah there was nothing there was nothing that impressive in the release that makes me want one want to upgrade i mean my wife is an iphone user she doesn't want to upgrade i don't want to switch well Mm -hmm. the the balls of saying that dropping the headphone jack was a courageous move impressed me okay so so let me talk about that for a second First thing, I mean, it's been stated several times now, and I'll just restate it. The iPhone is not the first phone to drop the headphone jack. It's Correct. been done a couple of times prior with Android phones. For headsets, I'm kind of okay with it, I guess. I, I typically use Bluetooth. I, I'll fall back to a plug-in occasionally when my Bluetooth headset dies or something. But for listening to phones, to the music... That doesn't really impact me that much, but I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, man, what are people like Square going to do and all these other little devices that were just developed <laughs> I, to plug into the headphone wow. jack? I didn't even think of pay those money. things. They're pay money for what? For the There's license. no headphone jack. For the license on the lightning port. That's the other thing, right? The lightning, That's proprietary. That's proprietary to, right, to Apple. Right. So anybody who uses it now has to pay a licensing fee. So will those Which, things w- still work through their little... Their little dongle no well you don't know that but that's a great i think that's a great question john they'll have to create a new dongle that uses a lightning connector and but there is one right now they're giving you a lightning port to a three and a half millimeter jack dongle with the the phone from what i've read so you can continue using your headset so will these devices still work through that i would think so I really doubt it because there's a digital audio signal processor that they could use to screw up anything that does non-audio communication through that port. And I'll be honest with you, John, I'm kind of siding with uh, Thomas on this because I think the play for Apple is, yeah, we'll make it very easy for you to reinvent these devices that you had. You'll just have to go in through the lightning port and pay us our licensing fee. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. You're just going to cost you more money. And find some way to charge it while you're using it, because you can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another good point. I mean, I go to the farmer's market now, and I see how many people are using Square or, or PayPal or one of these one of these services that have the little dongle plugged into their headphone jack. And it's like, wow. I mean, that's pretty impactful. 
Yeah, now, I that's more on the conspiracy side of things. There is a, a pretty popular belief that this has to do with the iPhone 7's IP67 water resistance rating, that those headphone jacks just don't have the water resistance that they wanted. Sony's been coming out with, with phones for years that are, have a water resistance Sam, rating. Samsung. They have headphones. Samsung as well. That's yeah, true. Samsung. I, I, hear the new, I hear the new Note 7 is just blowing up, man. <laughs> Jeez. What, too soon? Was that joke too soon? Uh, I don't know. Is it literally blowing up in toddlers' hands? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's what it's doing. <laughs> My wife brought that up today because I have a Samsung Galaxy 7. And she's all worried with me having it around the kid. And I said, well, it's a, it's the Note 7. And she doesn't care. It's still concerning. It doesn't matter. You're yeah, basically no. walking around with a loaded gun right now, John. The brand is tainted. <laughs> There's note note sevens and hoverboards. Those are the things you can't take on trains. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much we want to talk about the Apple situation, but I just I think we just I'm did it. Impressed. That, yeah, that's the first that I've heard of those other situations. The those other ports that are needed, not ports, but the the PayPal, the Square, those types of things, and that's interesting. Right. Yeah, and right. that and any type of headphone that wants to use the Lightning connector has to pay the licensing fee. That's that's where I keep going back to. They have the dongle that's already there, right? And it's going to work. Now you've got a dongle that you have to carry around with well, your phone. I I agree, but it's let's let's look at the previous version in which there was and no you dongle. can't charge your phone at the same time. The dongle was integrated into the phone previously. <laughs> which... <laughs> I, I know one of the podcasts I listen to, they're like, "Well, the dongles are pretty cheap, so you you can probably buy them for like five dollars. So you just buy a dongle for each of your head, headphones. Dude, I'm like, you only have one really? at a time." <laughs> The dongles are $24. Yeah, but that price will probably drop. Amazon will come out with their white label brand. and Well, depending on how the licensing for the Lightning port goes. <laughs> Very true. Because it's, it's on a per product basis. They get to say, this product doesn't get to use the Lightning port. You, know, you, you, don't, get, you don't get to license it just because you asked to. You, know, you have to provide them with your end product as well, and they'll approve it based on that. Well, like I said, I think we're done talking about it. Yeah. I don't think any of us are buying an iPhone 7 anytime soon. Well, that seems pretty clear. Well, I haven't had an iPhone since the 3G. You know, it's funny because I've been on the fence about bouncing back for a while. I've been on Android for a very long time. And quite frankly, not happy with the progress Android is making either. I mean, the OS is kind of not getting, doesn't really seem, it still seems to have problems that it shouldn't have at, at this point. And uh, so I, I've been kind of playing around with going back to the iPhone for a version to see, you know, what I'm missing. And when the Note 7 came out with the problems that they're having, because that was like the next phone I was really t considering moving to. When all those problems came up, I'm like, okay, let's see what the iPhone 7 has to offer. Maybe I'll just go, go get one of those. Yeah, not, not going to do that. <laughs> all right. What's everybody working on? Anything fun? Any fun projects? No. Blowing up production. Love doing that. <laughs> you, you, you've had some struggles with production this past week, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Those are always fun. You got some tickets closed, too. Yeah, closed. Not, not merged. Closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it sucks when you have to revert to a, a previous tag twice within a week. That's not never fun, but... It's, it happened this week, but luckily we were able to, to recover pretty 
pretty easily. So, so you what about you, Thomas? Well, no, John was saying you? he had to roll back to a previous tag. Yeah, it's just a couple of deployments went bad. Today's was, was I asked another developer on the team to upgrade Guzzle because the last big piece of code to use Guzzle was his. So I figured he's got unit tests for it. His code uses it. Let him upgrade it. And I didn't make it clear, hey, there's other pieces in the code that may use Guzzle. Go find them and upgrade those as well. So he did, I guess, exactly what I asked. Upgraded <laughs> Guzzle, upgraded the things he used Guzzle for, and then... Make sure his test passed. That worked fine. Unfortunately, the other pieces in the code base that use Guzzle were not unit tested. And the code was released. And, of course, things blew up. <laughs> and... I got to exercise reverting quickly and getting everything back in sync. So I've got those steps down to a T now. That's good. I, I can, That's good. Keeps you young. I can get us out of trouble real quick. What about you, Thomas? Anything? Oh, boy. I had a production issue today. Oh, all uh, these production I, issues. Uh, I know. I decided to be a smartass, and it, it backfired. Let's see if I can look at the log here. It took three minutes. It backfired in three minutes. <laughs> what happened? So Jose is the merge manager, the deployment manager. And, sure. You know, I closed out some code today, told him, go ahead, push it up. Uh, he pushed it and and immediately had to go to a doctor's appointment. So I hopped on the company chat channel and said, oh, I love how he just makes a push to production and then says, see you suckers, and logs out. <laughs> <laughs> three minutes later, I get a phone call from him. <laughs> I look at my phone. I'm like, "Oh shit! What did what did I do? What did?" And yeah, massive problem on the production system. He's now out of the office. Can't do a merge or a push. We're trying to come up with hacks to to fix things and get it. Get me the permissions to push files to get it fixed. And oh god, that should show up on your next review. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, if I get to that, we'll see how far I make it. Well, since we're talking about production issues. I'll share with you my little story. Are you having trouble producing? Well, I've come to the conclusion John and I, I think, have reached a, a, a had an epiphany this past weekend that I'm not allowed to travel up to Los Angeles anymore. For real. Because it seems like every time I cross that border into Los Angeles, the world goes sideways. I think your wife made that clear you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> I uh, Sometime back, you might recall, John and I were talking about I went up to L.A. and we had this series of events that just ended up happening where I was the only one that I had to log in to try to fix it. And it wasn't quite that bad this time, but it was one of these things where almost immediately when I get into Los Angeles, there's a problem with one of our clients' production systems and we can't get a hold of anybody. Fortunately, John was online and he's kind of managing it until he gets a hold of me and Oh, man, it was just uh, not fun things. And again, just like the last time, it was a family thing. We we had all this stuff planned out. And here I am. I'm running around trying to find a, a Starbucks coffee shop in L.A., which traffic that, in that's L.A. Tough. sucks. Well, it gets worse. So the the client contacts us first with, a, with an issue. I'm able to get the proper people on the line. We get it fixed, back up and running. An hour later, I leave the house with my son and they contact us again. Things are broken, not working. And Eric nice is nice enough to leave what he's in the middle of to go to Starbucks. 
takes all that time. He gets there. He's there for maybe five minutes when the client calls back and says, yeah, we were stupid. We were, we made a mistake. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing's it, wrong. It, it was funny. I, that happened after I spent probably a good fight that those five minutes I was in Starbucks ranting to John. I fucking hate LA. I fucking hate this place. I <laughs> So do you guys have a, you put me out of my way at your own mistake clause in your contracts? No, 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 no. Nope, nope. We're a full service shop, so yeah, we we try to manage. And and, and again, it, it was a series of comical events that kind of set this one up as well. You know, we had one of our lead developers happened to be moving at the time. The other one was out of the house all day long. I was driving up to LA. It was just like this weird scenario. It always seems to be that way. And, so. and the client rarely hits us on the weekend with, with issues. So the few times that it happens, we want to be there to support them. Sure. So, And it was our fault. <laughs> the first one. No, the first one was our fault. The, the one that you weren't involved in was our fault. The second one where you had to go to Starbucks, it was not our fault. That's true. <laughs> that, yeah. that was just a waste of time. Okay, so let's start talking about some new stuff, shall we? Sounds like a plan. I heard you had a wonderful talk from... It was fantastic. I was so yeah. sad to miss this one. It's one I really no, wanted I, to hear. I, you, guys are, you guys are best friends with Evan now. <laughs> you like him a lot better than we like you. Yeah, no, he's just swept in. He's ready to take over and just take all my friends away. <laughs> we needed somebody else that would mess with their video like you do. So, uh, have you have you checked the HDMI port? <laughs> no, no. Uh, try try uh, channel four. <laughs> no, no, no. Try the nineteen. So yes, Evan uh, Evan Sampson did a talk uh, yesterday uh, on Elasticsearch for our San Diego PHP user group, and he did a fantastic job to a very large crowd. I might add, probably more new faces just, at just one meetup than I've in. seen. <laughs> just... <laughs> Well, I, big, I can say this. Bigger crowd Tom's ever pulled. Two minutes before he had to talk, he didn't have to walk out and vape. I mean, I'm going to point that out. Well, I, I go out and see if people are looking for the, the meetup Whatever location. Whatever you want to have. I'm just trying to so, cover all the bases. Elasticsearch was a great topic. Uh, I was very happy to, to see him talk about it. Uh, there, Evan does work for us, and he's done some Elasticsearch work for one of our clients. So it was nice to see how much he, he's embraced it and understands it. And that was all good stuff. And what's really cool is in two weeks, he's going to continue his Elasticsearch talk at our Laravel meetup and talk specifically about Laravel and Elasticsearch and hopefully touch a little bit on the new Scout plugin as well. So if you're here in San Diego and you like PHP. And you want to meet my replacement. <laughs> You know, a, a, a younger, better-looking uh, Tom. Oh, jeez! <laughs> That's episode thirty. So episode thirty is when we bring this up. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call that an Evan dozen. So that reminds me, we get, John. We got to buy uh, Evan a mic for his. You know, when he joins us on the podcast. I thought we were just giving him Tom's. <laughs> hey, no, I paid for this mic. He gets the. It doesn't matter. We were giving it to him anyway. Ah, damn it. <laughs> All right. What else do we got going on? 
Anything fun? More li- fun Laravel news? We do. Yeah. We do have some more fun Laravel news. This one caught me by surprise, actually. Laravel Spark version 2 has been released. I remember for a while we were on Spark Watch. You know, we were we were counting <laughs> down the days when Spark was going to get released. This one just sort of happened. Well, it happened because of Laravel 5.3. And it also happened because Taylor finally hired his first employee. So that was one of the first things he had tasked his employee with was, and I, I forget the guy's name. Uh, um, he's Evan over, Sampson. Think, <laughs> <laughs> Evan Sampson. Laravel employee it's number everywhere. one. Everywhere. I, I do know he's remote. I think, I want to say he was over in Egypt or somewhere, that side of the world. But Taylor said that the first thing he was going to have him work on was getting Spark compatible with Laravel 5.3, I guess, or a couple things about it that didn't didn't fit, didn't work. So I think that's what this is. And it, it, I think it just demonstrates that now there's there's people getting paid to work on Laravel that we can expect these turnarounds a little quicker. Because if you remember, uh, Lumen also came out uh, last week. So right. I think you know it's just a matter of like having somebody focused on, on these things that isn't Taylor. You know, Taylor's got so many other things on his plate now. So with the, with version two, is there are there any new features or is it really just hey it's five three compatible? Yeah, I think it's just five three compatible. I, I I looked through it real quick. I didn't I didn't notice anything that stood out. I think it's just a matter of it being five three compatible. Well I noticed something new this week that I thought was very interesting. Were were some of the new GitHub tools. So we're we're big users of GitHub. And yeah, they had a big talk, right? Yeah, they're GitHub Universe. And I guess from what I've seen, there are a bunch of talks given, uh, showing off some of the new tools. And one of the ones that I really like are the new pull request review tools. So in the past, when making comments on a pull request, you know, I've had pull requests 20, 30 files deep. And somebody would go through and leave, you know, 10, 15 comments. And I'd get an email for each one of those, which is a pain in the ass. Well, now somebody can go mm-hmm. through, they can basically make a bunch of comments throughout that pull request and then click a button to basically submit all of those at once, including a comment on the whole pull request as is. Mm-hmm. So now I'll get, huh. one, I'll get one email with the 15 comments and a comment about the pull request. And then within there, they can say, I approve this. I This can't be merged until these things have been fixed or it's just a general comment. So they're basically making... I think them. that's the, probably the coolest part. It is, except for the fact that I still don't see those freaking options. I <laughs> I've got... I've been talking with somebody in support. Other people that I work with see them, but when I click on the button, I don't see the, the radio buttons for those options. Hmm. You'll have to have uh, Evan check that out for you. <laughs> I didn't even uh, I didn't even check that. I I I got uh, focused on the whole project uh, board that they have now. The one that almost looks like it's going to be a Trello killer. Yeah, I saw the the short video of it, but I don't know where to go find it yet. I haven't taken that time to look at it. Reach out to Evan; he'll explain it. No, it's just. It's... <laughs> How many it's times can we say Evan in this episode? I, I think we well, just got the, the title for the episode right there. Yeah, I am Evan. That that's the title of the episode. Let me write that down. I am Evan. Evan, you just got a podcast episode named after you. 
Yeah, no, uh, where where you look at code commits, all those little tabs up there. There's a new tab up there called project, and uh, oh, there it you is. Just look click at on that. it. And you can actually create multiple projects within a single repo. one repo. Huh. Yeah. What I don't understand, and I haven't played around with it that much, is I don't see how you pull in uh, issues and pull requests into there. Like, it, like when somebody creates a pull request, can you set it up so that it automatically goes into one of the boards? That'd be interesting. Sounds yeah. like there'll be an if this and that type of plugin mm -hmm. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. We'll have to tinker with that. Or it could just be the the classic GitHub method of you know pound sign two five five seven to point to a ticket. Yeah, but that, but then then it wouldn't be automated though, right? I mean, no, he's just given other options. Oh, yeah, yeah. Evan Evan's in the IRC channel listening to us live and bragging about taking my job. <laughs> hey Evan, why don't you just pop in here? <laughs> no, the, the link's in Slack. <laughs> okay so right, I, have, I have something GitHub good for you guys what's that so the the headline for this article is someone is learning how to take down the internet that that was a very interesting article and yeah. I, you know i clicked on the link and then there were a lot of words there were a lot of words i'm like now, that's a, just a lot of words typically if you were to see this on facebook you'd say oh yeah classic link bait thing but this is actually coming from bruce shiner Oh, is... I didn't realize Bruce had written it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you have to Should read it. It is scary. It's terrifying because it's basically a an at-length analysis of some person or some state analyzing every website that they can find, finding the vulnerabilities that would take it down, and moving on to the next website. I mean, most of us have dealt with DDoS attacks at some capacity. Can you imagine being like on the the backbone of the internet and dealing with them? That's hard enough. But dealing with these targeted ones that are constantly hitting you, checking your response times, making note of it, and then building on top of that attack every single time, making it worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, they're basically building a yellow pages of website shutdowns. So you, you just pick through the menu that's being provided and they say, oh yeah, we can shut that down, no problem. Or we can compromise the system and get root access or oh, we already have the user base for it, whatever you want from it. Uh, it's it's really scary and it brings to point this idea of staying up to date and this idea of you know vulnerabilities that get released needing to be patched on the first day that you see it and staying up to date with your security because you're you're getting compromised. And that's the thing, is that if you haven't been hacked, then you probably have been and just don't know it. The things that are being discussed in this are so high level, so advanced, that it's really scary. I remember just being a developer at a, at a previous place. I was the only developer and thinking, nobody's going to hack this site. Nobody cares about this site. And sure enough, it was hacked. And... Bowling. Yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, it's going to happen to the smallest sites and the biggest sites. You're not immune just because you, you've got a little website that you're maintaining. Yeah, no, I, I was running a WordPress site that had, you know, maybe five posts total on it that got hacked by the Israeli Internet Freedom Army or whatever. So they don't, they don't care about the size of your website. They just care about targets. So 
yeah, I, I recommend everyone check this article out. Get yourself secured. All right, leave it up to Tom to put a boohoo news article in our podcast <laughs> every time. I swear to God, it, it was boohoo, but really freaking interesting. Yeah, I although this this next next topic I had might have fit in a little better up a few clicks. I probably would have saved Tom's to the uh, to the end, but we did have one more kind of. Uh, it's not like you can milestone. replace me. <laughs> Hey, Evan, how's it going? We did have a, a nice little milestone that happened. Uh, the guy who put together Laravel Shift, and I was explaining Laravel Shift to Thomas a few shows back, but it's a great little service where you uh, tie in your GitHub repo, and it will automatically, or not automatically, it'll create a pull request to upgrade your Laravel install from one version to another. And it's fairly cheap. I, I forget what the pricing structure is. I know the older the Laravel version is, the more expensive it is to upgrade it. And that's kind of done as an incentive so that as long as you stay current with the upgrades, it actually costs less to upgrade to the next version. But I mean, I, I swear, it's like, I think it's like five or 10 bucks to upgrade from one version to, like from the last version to the newest version. Anyways, I now said all is... that. You have to send him your Git repo, right? You have to basically disclose your project to a third party. Right. Well, yeah, you, you, tie, you tie in this service into your Git repo, like like you do a lot of services, but you, you are correct. Because it creates a pull request. I mean, it, it pulls down your code. He runs. He explained the process uh, in one of the podcasts I listened to. So, he yeah, he does physically get access to your code. Um, and then he runs his scripts against it. He, he finds everything that needs to be migrated, changed, upgraded. And then it creates a pull request and opens up a pull requ request in your repo. So that is, that is something to take in consideration. The fact that, yes, any proprietary information you might have in your code, he now has. That's very interesting. Um, they, they go literally from version to version. So 14 to 5 is 19 bucks. Yeah. But you're only at What's 5 What's the at latest one? Five three, so from four two to five is nineteen, then from five to five one is thirteen, to five two is eleven, and then to five three is nine. So all in all, you're looking at bucks. Yeah. fifty two bucks to go from four two all the way to five three. Right, yeah, and like I said, the, that, but but again, that that scale changes so that when the next version of Laravel comes out, the the five two to five three price will increase, and the five three to five four will be 10 bucks right and again the idea behind the pricing model is if you stay current it's cheaper mm -hmm. huh i like i like this though i mean that's that could save some pretty good money on some of our projects you figure 52 bucks to go from 4.2 to 5.3 now what are you going to pay a developer to sit there and actually do it for you i mean it's you're looking at hours to to do that <laughs> now he does he, he he does caution you that that is not a complete migration right he he opens up a pull request depending on how customized your application is there may be things that he's not able to automatically migrate and he'll detail those in the pull request so the i haven't seen one of these pull requests I, i'm tempted to to do it once just so i can see what it looks like but he's got a demo pull request right there oh does he yeah well there you go eh, you know it helps to research or read well, a little. I'm not going to keep going to this guy's <laughs> site every couple of days just to see what uh, what he has. But well, yeah. I guess that just makes me a purist. 
Yeah, right under the tiles, there's a demo pull request showing 14 commits and 89 files were changed through his automated process. That's pretty cool. And and does it? I'm not seeing that example pull request. It's where, it's, where te- it? it's text underneath the tiles, the pricing tiles. Mm-hmm. Some uh, thrilling podcasting here. <laughs> Look, yeah. I'm gonna do it live. Um, direct, <laughs> do it live directly under the lint your Laravel application tile. Oh, got it. Want to try got before it, you buy? It. Review a demo pull request. Yeah, I see. Yeah, so check out Laravel Five Pro Shift review pull request. Go and, Laravel Five. And each list. commit is one of his tools. It looks like so. One commit will be moving folders around. Another commit will be changing the models. Another commit mm-hmm. for your blade template. So that's really neat. Instead of one massive pull request, it's multiple commits. Yeah, it allows you to cherry pick what what you actually want to move. You know what you want to migrate and. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So the whole the whole thing I was getting to is he's he's celebrating that he's done a thousand application upgrades now, and he just released this at PHP World last I want to say last year. So a year ago. So I even, yeah, I think he's just approaching one year on this site. So that's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a rate. That's yeah. three three sites a day. That's like five billion dollars he made. Five billion? Where's your math on that one? Uh, so who's handling the HR for Diego Dev? You mean the accounting, <laughs> finances? The accounting. <laughs> hey, I never, I never question my paycheck. It always ends up being something like two and a half million for a couple of weeks. You're worth every penny of it. Yeah, yeah. Just can we continue submitting those invoices. I'll pay them. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I haven't submitted an invoice in like two months. You know, you haven't worked in like three months. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my fault. Hey, guys. I think hey, that Eric. was a pretty successful uh, episode 28. It was. We'll, we'll, we'll well, it wasn't it, bad for a 28. We'll call it an Evan Dozen. See, I can do that too. Yeah, because I, I, I said, I I said that it. earlier. No, I said that I said earlier. 30 was an Evan no, I said 30 was an Evan Dozen. Did you say that? I did. Somebody did. I'll cut that one out. See, you can't you can't just replace me that easily. <laughs> I keep track of our dozens. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another fantastic PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. And I'm Tom Rideout. Glad to be back. Ride your ass on out of here, then. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been fired on a podcast, son? first for everything. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.